As I was studying for uh, Christmas, we've been going through Galatians, and we're up to Galatians 2, but we're not going to be there today. We're going to be in Luke 2. And as we come towards Christmas, we look at things and we think about the birth of Christ. And we've heard the messages time and time again about all this, and and I try to look at the scriptures in sometimes a, a, a new way. And one of the things I thought about today was uh, there was a party going on the night that Jesus was born. And party sometimes has a, a negative connotation, but I think it's okay. Party is the same as a celebration. So we can look and say that there was a celebration going on. And, and I sort of subtitled it that the heavenly hosts certainly were heavenly hosts. Because when you go to a party or a celebration... There's usually somebody there that is hosting that party, correct? And so we see in Luke 2, and we're going to be reading 9 through 14, that it was the angels. And it started with one angel, and then we know that the multitude came. Um, but there was this huge celebration going on, this, this huge party that I believe started in heaven and overflowed to earth, to where we began to get a glimpse of it. And when we think of Christmas parties here on earth or, or Christmas celebrations, many times we might think of things like ugly sweaters. Uh, my daughters like to buy those. I, I don't think they think that they're cute, but they are, they're ugly, but it's something that people like to do. Sometimes we get fancy foods. We get them pound cakes and different things that normally we don't eat and, and probably still don't eat even at the Christmas parties. Uh, at our previous church, we used to have a, a white elephant exchange where we had lots of fun doing those things. And you can think of all these things that uh, we can do at the celebration that sort of enrich things. They make them better. But in that night that Jesus was born, I don't think that could be topped. As good as our choir may be, as good as choirs as we have probably heard, I don't think that they could top that as that party spilled over from heaven down to earth. The party that was going on on earth was significant for many reasons for us as Christians as we look at things. The birth of Jesus. The angels from heaven came to announce this birth that was going on. And this is significant because angels announced important happenings all throughout the Bible. Many times today, you know, we think of our announcements, we've got a big announcement to make. But when the angels would come from heaven and make an announcement, it was something unique. Way back in Genesis 18, an angel announced that Abraham and Sarah would have a son in their old age. Remember that announcement? They were old, right? Past childbirth anyways. And who would have thought? Who could have believed? Sarah even sort of laughed at the thought of it. But an angel came and announced that. In Exodus 3, an angel announced from a burning bush the plan to send Moses to free Israel. What a thought that must have been for Moses to see and to think and to experience that. Joshua chapter 5 and 6, the angel announced the battle plan for conquering Jericho. It's going to happen. This is going to come to pass. 
And realize in the scripture, every time an angel made an announcement, these things did happen. Judges 6, an angel encouraged Gideon over his victory. All of it's going to happen. The whole book of Zechariah was one announcement of one angel after another about Israel's fate for the troubles that they had. Luke 1, an angel announced the birth of John the Baptist to his father. There's going to be a forerunner of Christ that's going to come. Luke 1, also an angel announced the birth of Jesus to his mother Mary. We remember that. You're going to have a child. His name shall be Jesus. Angels spoke to Joseph. They explained the situation to him. In Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, angels announced Jesus' resurrection at the tomb. So angel announcements were not everyday commonplace, but they weren't just a once-in-a-lifetime thing either. When God had something he wanted to convey of importance, he used the angels. And the angels announced the life-significant, life-altering, life-changing, life-save-souling birth of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And it was one angel, and then it became many. So in Luke 2, 9 through 12, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So we get a clear picture, really, of why this celebration, why this party is going on, right? It says there is good news of great joy. It's no fun to have a a celebration or a party if there isn't happiness and joy there, right? You know, the Irish, when they have a death, their funeral is a party. They celebrate the life of that person. Now today, many times, we'll see these things are called celebrations of life. And they're celebrating the person who lived. But in Ireland, it was they celebrated God, what God had done, and the person that God had done it through. They rejoiced in those things. And so this message that the angel gave to the shepherds was not only words, but it was really a, a person wrapped up in swaddling clothes. We think of a present. We take a present, we wrap it up, we put a little bow around it, right? Well, it says we were going to have Jesus, this baby, and you will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. It was a person. So first, it tells us this, that the message was offered to all people. It wasn't just offered for Israel, it wasn't just offered for the Jew, it was offered for all people. Well, what does that mean? It means the birth of Jesus 
was offered to anyone who was willing to accept that message. And that's still true today. It's a universal call that God has on a person's life. Do you accept that message of who Jesus is and what Jesus is and what he offers and how it's offered? A lot of people want Jesus in their life, but they don't want to take the gift how it's offered. A lot of people would rather have it done by works. It's a lot easier that way. I think I shared last week. It'd be a lot easier if I could just say, you know, I paid ten bucks, therefore I'm a child of God. But he tells us in the Bible, by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, lest any of us could boast. So we find this gift that is given to us free. Do you accept that message? The message is this. Jesus is the only way. In a world that presses for inclusiveness of everything, Christianity says Jesus is the only way. The Bible teaches us Jesus is the only way. The Bible teaches us that narrow is the road. And few are them that will find it. Are you willing to accept the message that Jesus paid for your sins upon the cross? That he is the only Son of God and that there is redemption in no other. This message that was given by these angels first came to the shepherds. You know, the shepherds were the lowest of, of class of people, really, in that time. They were the scum of the earth. They were really the lowest. They lived out with the animals, didn't smell good, didn't look good. You know, rough life doing what they were doing. But that's who Jesus revealed himself to, or who God the Father had revealed Jesus to. So it tells us this, that this message is for the poor and the rich and everyone in between. doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how poor you are. This message is for all people. What's that song? Red, yellow, black, and white? You are precious in the sight. Doesn't matter if you're a black man, a brown man, a yellow man, white man, tall man, short man, including women and all these things too. Doesn't matter. The message is for all. This message was for the brokenhearted that needed healing in their life. Jesus is like the great physician. He comes to heal the broken life. And one of the parts of our broken life, if we don't have Christ in our life, is a broken relationship with God. And he has come to heal that. It's for the person who thinks that they're a scoundrel, that they're not good enough to be saved. A lot of people struggle with that. I've dealt with a lot of people in the prison system where I work, and a lot of people even in our communities. Some of our, our veteran people that have been to war, who have had to face and sometimes do things that we can't imagine. And they find it tough to find forgiveness. Why would God love me? To the murderer, why would God forgive me for killing somebody or for doing this to another person? But it's for all. All people means the person who hurts with words as well as the person who hurts with fists. 
Jesus came for all people. It means that it's not just for people who have their lives together, but those who are really living in, in sort of a, uh, as we would say in the prison, a perpetual hot mess. As guys sometimes, what's going on in my life is a hot mess. Meaning things are just out of control at times. So he came for everybody. Some people say, well, you know, when I get my life together, then I'll, I'll come to church. But it's God that puts our life together. The Bible shares this truth in other places. Romans 5.18 says this, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Basically saying, just as one sin separates us from God, it's one Savior that can restore us in that relationship. Secondly, this message in this party centers around a Savior. When we come to Christmas, sometimes we, we look at the nativities and we see the little plastic baby Jesus in the manger and, and we think, well, that's cute. But Christmas is really about a Savior. And when we think about the presence of a Savior, it really indicates to us either a desire or a need to be saved from something, right? That's why we call somebody a Savior. You know, if I'm drowning and, and somebody jumps in and saves my life, I could say, you're my Savior. You saved me from drowning. So when we talk about a Savior, it, it indicates a need or a desire to be saved from something. And in our case, it's really because we are all sinners. The Bible tells us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, not one. We need to embrace that thought. Because our righteousness comes through Christ alone. It's not because we're this or that, or look this way or look that way. It's not because we attend this church or that church. Our righteousness comes through Christ alone. And he is the only one that can save us from our sin. He's the only one that can cleanse us. So sin is just doing wrong, thinking wrong, having wrong motives in the things that we do. And it breaks our relationship with this holy God. Really, when you think about sin, we can come up with lists of sins. But it's really anything that breaks our relationship with the holy God. And you and I have fallen short and broken that relationship. Even as believers at times. When we get into sinful patterns again, or sinful acts, we are breaking that relationship with God. But the Bible tells us the same truth over and over again. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, our Savior. It's the gift. Romans 5.8, But God demonstrated his own love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus says, I didn't come and die for the righteous. I came and died for the broken, the sinful, those that are in need. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Again, the angels announce this. This is great news for all people. Titus 
in the New Testament. The grace of God has appeared. That's really what that was when Jesus was born. That was the grace of God. God's gift to us as sinners has appeared that offers salvation to all people. What a wonderful thing. Third, the message and the celebration surrounds the thought of Christ the Lord. Well, how is that different? What does that mean compared to a Savior? That means that you and I are not stuck in our sin. Or we don't need to be stuck in our sin. Sometimes we choose to remain in our sin, but we don't need to be there. What this tells us is that there's a plan from God to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sin, to get us out of this hot mess that we find ourselves in. God had a plan. And he had a plan since creation. What a wonderful Lord. The baby born in a barn, which the good news of great joy is about that plan all along. When the angels announced that good news of great joy, that was it. God has given a plan and here it is. Here's the answer to your problems. Some of you may say, well, I've been a Christian for a long time, but I still have some troubles. The Bible tells us in this world we're going to have troubles. Okay? But not eternal troubles. We can have troubles in our life because of consequences of choices that we've made. An alcoholic that drinks and drinks and drinks and pickles his liver, that's his choice. That's a consequence of those things. He can be born again, but that's going to kill him. If somebody wants to, you know, do things that abuse their body and they have health consequences, those are just consequences of those things. But eternally, what God is talking about is this good news of great joy because sin is what sends us to hell. Some people say, how can a loving God send us to hell? He doesn't send us to hell. We choose to go by not repenting of our sin. God gave us this plan all along. Jesus Christ was the plan to have knowledge of the way of salvation. He has given us this knowledge from the time of his birth. Through all the scriptures, he has given us the knowledge. It says that will make us wise unto salvation. He has laid out the plan for us. How do I become a child of God? It's all right here. It's all between these pages. We're going to be going through some of this in the next few weeks, but it's all there in the Bible. We need to repent of our sins. We need to believe in the name of Jesus Christ and believe that he is who he says that he is. And when he calls, we need to respond to him and walk in obedience. Jesus was the plan for us to have forgiveness for sins. That's one of the purposes of Jesus is that we can find forgiveness of that sin in our life. And so when we think about these things sometimes... Jesus says, I'm the only way to be saved. He's the only plan for us. It's not like God has a plan A, plan B, plan C. We have that in our lives sometimes, and we're thinking about things. Well, plan A doesn't work. We're going to go to plan B. Jesus says there's plan A, and it's Jesus. Acts 4.12 tells us this. Salvation is found in no one else. There's salvation in no one else. And if you've been deceived into thinking that if you can work your way to heaven, if you do enough good deeds that you're going to get to heaven, if you give enough money you're going to get to heaven, 
you know, anything that you think that conjures up other than the grace of God, you're being deceived. Salvation is found in no one else. It's a person. That person is Jesus. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind in which we must be saved. No other name, no other way, no other plan. Jesus is that answer. If we read 13 and 14, and suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men. So up to this point we've had one angel that has announced to the shepherds this great news, this story. 14, we see the heavenly host that comes in, but they mention another word in there and it's called peace. It's called peace. You know, I really believe in the world today in people's lives, what they're missing is peace. They're missing that inner peace. And sad to say, even some Christians, I believe, are missing that inner peace. But there is so much turmoil in the world today, so much going on, so much distractions, so many things that, that get us off track, that we miss this peace. So in verse 14, peace and the, the good news of great joy in the party that was happening through all this with the angels was about peace. Sometimes we talk about that. If you're, if you're on the outs with somebody and you need to reconcile a relationship, we'd say, go, I need to go make peace with that person. Even the Native Americans in the old days had something they would call the peace pipe. I work with the natives in the, the prison and they'll still call that. Sometimes when they are having issues with somebody else, they'll, they'll want to go and do something like that. But it's reconciling. But this is so much bigger because we're talking about the sin that has separated our relationship with God and we don't have peace with that. And we try to, we try to quench that inner turmoil in our life in a lot of ways. Some get very angry about things in life. They just don't have that, that peace or that, that settledness in their, in their life. Some become workaholics, alcoholics, drug addicts. There can be all sorts of things to try to avoid the real cause of what's going on inside, and that can be that peace. And that's peace with God. And the message is this, that you and I, who are sinners, can have peace with God, a holy God, but only through the death of Jesus Christ, and having him as our Lord and our Savior. And I want to tell you this too, along with salvation, is it's, it's not just something we choose to do. We respond to God's call in our life. Some people say, you know, well, when I'm ready, when I grew up, when I'm done sowing my oats, when I'm done this, God may have been calling you that whole time and you've been neglecting his call. We come to God, we answer the call that he has in our life and we find that peace it means forgiveness by a way of grace it's a gift that only God can give and this means that God can hold us as forgiven even as broken individuals even as hurting people even as 
as, as people that are struggling with things in life, when we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are in the palm of his hand. And it's a great place to be. Romans 5.1 tells us this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's something to celebrate. That's something to get excited about. And the thing about a gift is this. We have to open it. We could get together, I could come and give you a gift right now and, and hand it to you. And if you never choose to open it, you're never going to receive what's inside that. When the angels declare that, that this is a, a gift for all people, this is a celebration and a party for all people, here it is. The gift to all men through Jesus Christ. The gift is there. The question is, is what are you going to do with that gift? Are you going to set it on the shelf? You're going to put it under the bed? You're going to hide it in a closet? Or are you going to open it up? God has given us that gift. And I tell you, celebrations and parties are a lot better when people are opening their gifts. When we meet as a family and I see the little grandkids opening their gifts or you get one another a special gift and they open that up and, and you can see their face and you can see their reaction... The celebration is so much better. And that's what God wants from us. He wants to rejoice with us. It says, you know what it says? It says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner coming to God. They're rejoicing over a changed life. And the wonderful thing about that gift is it costs me nothing. But it cost him everything. Let's pray. Father, we think of this Christmas celebration that happened out in the fields with the shepherds. We think of the angel that came down and then the multitude of angels that came down and, and filled the heavens with songs. But it wasn't just the songs, it was the message. It was the gift of God coming down and becoming man amongst us. It was the start of a whole new part of biblical history. It was the beginning of the plan that God had had all along. And here it is. Father, as we are in this season, Christmas, it's not Xmas, it's Christmas. We always want to keep Christ in our celebration. Help us to have our eyes open to those around us that need to hear this message of hope. To know that their brokenness can be healed. To know that there are those that will walk through them through their difficult times. Just to know that there are people who care. Father, help us to be that. And as we do that, Lord, may they see the gift that is offered only through Christ that they can receive also. Father, we thank you again for our church family. We thank you for friends and, and our community. Lord, you have given us opportunities. Help us to be faithful in all these things we do. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen.